What is going on, guys? You're listening to another episode of the Good Men Exist podcast. I am your host, Jarrell. Thank you so much for checking it out. I would love to get your feedback on the show, so definitely reach out to me on all social media platforms. It's the same, at Jarrell GME. Tweet me, DM me, comment, let me know what you think. Or if you want to be on the show, hey, let me know. I would love to have you. And with that being said, enjoy today's show. Previously on the Good Men Exist podcast. Season two. And out of all the things that could have been said, out of all the things that could have happened, it was that much like the clarity that I provided for her about the Christmas party, how that cut was the deepest for her. Her words on her new thoughts of me was the cut that was deepest. And it very much felt like there was nothing that I could do to ever repair that image in her head ever again. So for this episode, you are essentially getting three episodes in one. The first episode will be entitled The Result of the Truth. The second part of the episode will be entitled Faithful. And last but not least, the final part of this episode will be entitled Admissions. So starting with the result of the truth. So after Tasha told me what she told me on that Sunday. We eventually went downstairs, had breakfast with my friend and his wife. And after that, she went home. I went home. Things were kind of left unresolved. There wasn't really anything too much said about our status. It was more so uncertainty than anything else. But once I got home, she sent me a text message. She said something along the lines of, if you're moving here for me, then you shouldn't move. And I'm sitting there reading that. You 100% know that that is a heavy, heavy weight in the reason that I'm moving. It wasn't 100% why, but it was it was a very hefty 55 to 60%. And by the time she said that, it was essentially too late. I had already started rehabbing the property, kitchen, electrical, plumbing, painting, landscaping. I had already put money in. The photographer had been paid. It had already been listed. People were visiting. I would be losing even more money just by doing that. So it really wasn't an option. And I had to let people know that Monday. So imagine me. I've already set this thing up. I went to them to offer my services. Started the process of the house. All that stuff. And now, if you're moving for me, you shouldn't move. There wasn't a ton I could do at that point. My only real option was to just press forward. I had already invested too much time, too much money into things, and I wasn't about to turn back now. So I told the people that I accepted. I told them when I would be down there, and I pressed forward. So now it was a matter of essentially doing my best to maintain everything from a distance now that I was moving to another state. 
So once I got down there, Tasha and I still talked fairly regularly. And although things were very different, there was still that semblance of connection. There was still that semblance of comfort, understanding, feelings, emotions that was still there. But I mean, at this point, I was in the same state and I still wanted to try to make things work because there was still the option to. Neither one of us had cut each other off. Pictures and things like that was still up on Instagram. For the most part, things were normal for the new normal. One day I asked her out, I believe it was still pretty close to the summer, maybe September, October, somewhere in there. I just wanted to see her, wanted to spend time with her. And I said, hey, you know, if you're interested, I would love to take you out on the weekend and feel free to say no. Again, that was always an option that I provided just in case she didn't want to because I don't want to be a nuisance to someone's time or space. So she says, no, it's fine. So I say, OK, cool. Here's what we can do and here's where we can meet. So at this point, we meet up. She had ran into traffic on the way there and it was a little bit of irritation. I could tell it was probably something like, oh, while I wasn't ecstatic to come here, me being stuck in traffic definitely didn't help the cause. So by the time she got there, you know, it was uh, a very visible irritation that she had. And I was like, well, you know, let's just try to have a good time. Right. So I took her to a rooftop restaurant in the area and uh, we had drinks. Everything was fine. It was uh, music there. It wasn't quite our music. I didn't expect there to be music, but I mean, hey, whatever. Then we went to a bar afterwards Had a great time at the bar. Talked about a lot of things. We danced a little bit. Overall, it was a it was a nice situation. And we were at the bar for a while. It was dark at this point, probably maybe nine, ten o'clock, something like that. And, you know, she had had a few drinks. So I was either going to get a hotel or wait it out until she felt that she was good to drop back. She didn't want to do a hotel. So we just kind of sat in the car. And as we were talking, she said a few things like, I don't know how we got here. And another question she asked me was, do you feel like we would have been here if things were different? And I thought this was a very interesting question because we had two separate answers. Her answer was, no, we wouldn't have been here if things were different. My answer was, yes, we would have. The logic behind her answer was simply, oh, everything would have been fine. Nothing would have changed. And the logic behind my answer was, if you wanted it to work and you wanted to really give it a try, then you would still be here. Now, emotions are emotions. I don't discredit that. But if you were all in, you were as dedicated and committed as you should have been or could have been. I don't feel like that could have shifted things so drastically. But hey, same question posed the same way. Two different answers. People are entitled to their opinions, being that as it may. She was just saying, I just need time, just need time to think. And I'm not one to pressure anybody every time. So I was like, fine, I'll be here. I was going to be there because I was faithful.
it's still to it because again there was a lot of things that we talked about a lot of things it wasn't a one-sided conversation ever it wasn't me always talking about marriage or family or kids or any of that stuff as much as i talked about it it was brought up on her end so in my head when you have that kind of emotional connection that should also come with a emotional commitment right so that was my thinking then so i said fine the next day was sunday i hadn't heard from her all day while this wasn't entirely out of the norm i could feel something brewing something was going to happen and there wasn't a doubt in my mind that something was i just didn't know what and so around six seven o'clock on that sunday i received a text message from her and i read it and it was about what i expected so what i'm going to do now is read that text message to you you may say why do you still have it well i still have texts from three four years ago i don't actually delete things unless it's one of those little codes to log into your account or something like that outside of that it doesn't really matter i don't do too much stuff so that's what it is and this will be the first time i have read it since the first time i read it and so that message says jurel i had a long talk with myself about what we discussed last night on the ride home as well as all day today I've been up and down in my feelings for weeks about us now. This feeling sucks for me and I know it sucks for you equally or even more. You told me it's like my mind has been made up for a while. Maybe you were right, but I was trying to ignore it. I honestly didn't want to rush into a decision out of fear I may make the wrong one. But today I realized I may be hurting you in the process. My intentions were pure and I never meant to hurt you. However, I think it's clear that we have to face the fact of how much things between us have changed. Like you said last night, you can't change my emotions. Unfortunately, I can't just turn my on and change my emotions either. As hard as it is to write this, I think it's best to let us go for now. You are a great person and you deserve a woman who is completely sure about you. Unfortunately, I don't think that's me. Our differences, the distance and circumstances that took place along the way did not work out in our favor. Despite it all, I wouldn't change the fact that I had the opportunity to experience you. You left a lasting impression on me. In addition to all we have experienced together, for the most part you showed me gentlemen do exist and how a woman should be treated. For that I am so grateful. I know reading this is emotional just as much as it is for me writing this. I can't believe we are here and it saddens me to be here. I just have to be true to myself and true to you. If you want to talk, I am here. So that's what she wrote. And I I did call shortly after we talked for about three, four hours and that was it. Everything changed for me from that point on. There's so many cliche sayings that they have. If you love something enough, let it go. If it comes back, it's meant to be, all that stuff. Realistically, I don't live in, in those sayings simply because they're sayings. There's something that is said to make us feel better, no matter how true or unplausible it is. But I did want to fight for her. And if I had exhausted the options and she was like, hey, either get the fuck out of my face or I'm going to block you, then I was like, all right, cool. But it wasn't that. That open line of communication was still there. That want and desire to be near each other was still mutual, if not the highest level that it had been previously. So with that being said, I wanted to at least close things out on a high note. Previously in our conversations, I always told her that I wanted to take her to this place that I feel like she would love. And although I had always talked about it, I never got to take her there. 
I wanted to take it there on Valentine's Day. Obviously, this is one of those places that is really hard to get on these kind of occasions. But I wanted to do what I said I was going to do in relation to that. So I decided to take her to Fogo de Chão, which is uh, a Brazilian steakhouse, essentially, that we have in the area. But I decided to pull out all the stops. I said, hey, if you would like to go out, I have somewhere that I would like to take you. She says, okay. I said, but of course, if you do not want to, do not allow me to influence you to do so. So she was like, no, it's fine. So I said, okay, how would a Thursday work for you? She's like, well, as long as I'm, you know, back for work in the morning, I don't have an issue with it. So I was like, all right, cool. That Wednesday, we got a fresh cut and Thursday came and I said, hey, I'm going to pick you up at like four. And she says, okay. So she calls me around 3.15. She's like, her are you almost here? I'm like, yeah, I was nowhere near where she was. And then I, I text her. I say, Hey, are you ready? She says, yeah. I said, are you walking out? She says, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see your car. I'm like, you don't? She's like, no. And so a driver steps out and he says, I am your chauffeur for the evening. And she's like, what are, what is this? What are you doing? I'm like, I got you a driver because I know where you're going. It's going to be kind of far, but I want you to be able to enjoy yourself. So I got you a driver and I'm not talking about an Uber or a Lyft. I'm talking about when people come to this area, this is the driving service that chauffeurs, celebrities, representatives of different countries, things of that nature around for their stay. So I got them Had her chauffeured up, met her at the restaurant at a great time, sat out by the fire. I requested a, a window right by the fire so we can overlook the cityscape. It was an amazing night we had more discussions and, and she was like hey how about i come over this weekend and i just got my new condo it, you know i was still moving in but you know i was like sure why not she came over that weekend had a good time just chilling relaxing enjoying one another's company and she left now again this was september october and in between there i really didn't do much but i could feel that things you know were still very distant and, and different a little bit it was it was eating me up inside to be honest though we had hung out a few times i went down to where she was she came up to where i was not having her in the capacity that i wanted her would wreck my brain to the point where in december i asked her to meet up and i told her i would come to to her and my sole purpose for coming to her was to end things simply because it was very very difficult for me to pretend to be a friend when I wanted more. And she always told me once we quote unquote broke up officially via text message. And you know, she wasn't interested in anyone. She didn't want to date anyone. She didn't want to talk to anybody. None of that. So my role only could be friend. Even though, you know, things weren't always on that friend level. That's the role that I was trying to maintain and the role that I couldn't maintain anymore. So I went down there in December to end it. I remember distinctly, she asked me while I was down there, so why did you invite me out tonight? Almost as if she could sense that there was something on my mind or that I had, you know, a motive, if you will, as to why I asked her out. And as much as I wanted to just say what I had to say, walk away and never look back, no matter how hard I tried. So December passed and Again, nothing really resolved from my end. So as we move on, her birthday comes up shortly thereafter. And I, I go down to her. I get her a custom bouquet of uh, her favorite flowers and roses. Nice car. Take her out. 
And that was the last time I saw her was for her birthday. She happened to be in my area that weekend, but we we couldn't link up. So that was it. I, you know, took it as if she can't cut it off for real, then I will. So eventually I just started essentially texting less, calling less, just faded into the background as, as best I could. Throughout this entire time, I wanted to be faithful to her, to stay true. No other woman had my attention. No other woman, even in this new state that we were, could pull me away. Although there were plenty of times where I could tell her emotions were still there. There were also times where she pulled them away. And when she pulled them away is when I felt the hurt and the pain the most. And still having to stay in that friend role was extremely difficult. Eventually, you know, I just had to let it go. Now, there was a, a point that certainly helped, although at the very same time, it fucked me up in the head. You remember not too long ago, I said that she was insistent on she didn't want to talk to anyone. You know that she wanted to focus on herself, all those good things. And I was like, you know, more reason why I decided to stay in that friend area, despite a lot of the things that, like I said, weren't very friend like from conversations to physical interactions to, you know, blatant display of emotions and, and that connection still being there. And one day I was watching something on TV and I came across this app called Hinge and they were touting this thing like our app is designed to be deleted. That's how confident we are that we'll help you find someone. I was like, wow, they're really hyping this app. A while ago, like years and years ago, I had an idea for an app of how you can meet people organically, but it was a very cool way you could do it. So out of pure interest in the business side of the app, I was like, yo, I need to check this out to see what makes it so different from all these other apps, right? Or is it just marketing? So I, I went in and I played around in it and I was like, it's pretty much is just like every other app. And I'm going through swiping, you know, with no intention to talk to anyone. I just wanted to see its features and capabilities. And I come across this one profile and the picture looks very familiar. And then I look at the name and then I realize it's Tasha on the dating app. I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Now I know what she meant when she told me one time that I never heard her in the situation which was a relief to me because she had checked out of the relationship a long time ago. So for me to see her on the app when she claimed that she didn't want to talk to anyone, didn't want to date anyone, she didn't have any guys on her mind, so on and so forth. I don't really know of any other reason to be on an app specifically designed for dating. So I immediately deleted the app like pronto. And that was really all I needed, man. And after that, like I said, I just faded into the background, you know, kept to myself, didn't bother anyone. It was whatever. So you can imagine with all of the mixed emotion, mixed feelings, mixed communication, that it was very hard to deal with seeing as how I was so invested still and the other person was not. Which leads me to admissions.
how did I deal with it? You can best believe every single emotion went through my mind. Sadness, anger, blame, self-accountability, jadedness. Like it, it all happened. Not once did a single emotion not cross my mind. So when you talk about healing, it's something that everyone speaks about. Almost like they talk about toxic relationships. But there is no key to healing. It's whatever works for you. And I admit, obviously I mishandled a lot of things. And as much as I wanted to blame Tasha for not being committed, for leading me on, for allowing everything to happen, I had to force myself to take responsibility. As much as she thinks that we wouldn't have been in that position should none of the things have happened, I still think that there is an aspect of commitment, dedication, and so on. If you really wanted to try to work through things and then to say, oh, I don't have any interest in anyone. And then you're on a dating app. That seems backwards. But again, it wasn't my job to worry about what she was doing. That was just happenstance. I was never really supposed to see that. I wasn't supposed to know about that. But when I did see it, that triggered all those negative emotions and having to deal with those and feeling alone, feeling helpless, feeling like that was my one shot because I don't feel that way about people very easily at all. So for me to finally find someone that I felt like deserved that level of attention and that it was so easy for me to give that level of attention and commitment and dedication doesn't happen every day. So with that being said, it was very difficult to manage those emotions. It was very difficult to deal with that heartbreak, to learn those lessons. And I think in many cases, she was probably the first woman that I actually loved. Never told her that I loved her, but knowing how I felt afterwards, the remnants of what still exists today in 2020, there's no other definition of what it could have been but love. It took a lot of work to not be triggered by certain things. There were roads that I drive by that had pieces of her name, first or last in it, that would trigger me. Seeing old text messages, maybe things that she had purchased for me at one point or another. I had to throw all that stuff away. I had to get it out of my sight to try to move forward. It was not easy then and it isn't easy now, but there is no other option but to learn but to grow, but to be better. I always had quote unquote good man fundamentals, but they weren't always in practice. Being what most women consider to be a good man takes integrity, takes diligence. It takes doing the things that won't necessarily net you positive results, despite what you may want to say or do. But if it wasn't for these lessons, I wouldn't have the shift of mindset to put those good man principles in action consistently. And that's what I had to do. The admission of the dreams that I had to a lesser extent now, but when I wanted to escape what I felt then, I couldn't because it was just dreams to feeling like I had no other options but to pray like, okay, God, if you would be so kind as to bring her back now, I would greatly appreciate it. That'd be very awesome. Ironically, it seems like when I did pray about it, she would always text or call. And I would be like, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe this is how I fix things. Maybe this is how I prove that I'm here. But when I say I'm here, I 100% unequivocally mean that I am here. But it got to a point where those prayers just became, allow me to get past it. Because when I tell y'all I was all in, I can't even actually describe how in I was. 
it really felt like that I was unlocking the best version of myself. And it's a whole nother feeling when the best version of yourself, or at least what you perceive to be the best version of yourself is denied. Because then it makes you question a lot of things about yourself. Like now, what do I do when my best isn't good enough? But then you come to where the only choice that you have is the one where you have to literally force yourself out of the rut, out of that state of unhappiness, out of that state of depression to where you say this person is going to live their life, whether you're still holding on to past emotions, thoughts, feelings or not. I can't blame anyone but myself. And it is with that I end my admissions. Come